this football pod booing and the jeering and the anticipation and then as he strikes it there's that intake of breath because he puts the bloody ball 14 yeah. yards the, the second he hits it I knew we were under pressure like. subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now the Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. We're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there, I'm Kathleen McNamee and this is the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports. Karen's popped off on a little holiday, but fear not, she will be back with us soon. And in her place, we have a very suitable sub in Alana Kanam. And it's, I'm not just saying that because you're from Sligo and we're from the same community and it's hilarious that we're now on a radio show together. <laughs> but <laughs> how are you doing, Alana? I'm great, Kathleen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, there's been lots of exciting football. And we're obviously at like the kind of peak time in that we're going into the semi-finals. What do you feel about? We'll start with England, Sweden first. What do you feel about both sides' chances? Yeah, I think it's kind of funny because usually at this kind of stage of the tournament, I guess you always have one upset, and we haven't got that yet. So I'm kind of wondering, are we Jewish? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure which one we're going to get it in. But you know the way, like basically all the ones everyone suspected to get to the semi-finals have gotten there, and even that feels kind of ominous in that regard because it's like she's that usually never actually happens usually there's one big kind of upset but um I'm not sure will that be in England Sweden I know um I suppose all the media pressure beyond England but I think the win they had there will against Spain the 2-1 will be such a big mental thing for them because mm. okay physically they had to go the extra extra miles and the extra time but they also have the two extra days to rest up from that in comparison to the other teams. And also, as I say, the mental, I suppose, side of that, the justice that will do them in that regard, I think it's going to stretch them into it because when all the chips were down, I guess, they really come up trumps and... Uh, because you know, it looked I mean, like you talk about there not being an upset, but that game probably looked like the one match where we might have gotten a bit of an upset. So it's, yeah. It's- done it it would have been like class to see them go through but also yeah England just managed to pull themselves through it and like I suppose with Sweden you've seen so little from them that puts a lot of faith in that they can actually go to the next level I don't know if that's how you feel but like I tip Sweden at the start to be like one of the favorites for the tournament fair enough they're in the semi-finals now but like (laughs) they haven't really shown all that much like they've been really disappointing in general yeah. And even I suppose when the way they've been hit by COVID, you know, they still yeah. have a bit kind of to give. Um, so, but I think as well, um, the England result, especially like you're saying there, when it looked like they were going to go out and then um, Weekman was taking off all the big names. I was like being like, oh my God, I don't understand why she's taking off all these big names. But this is the thing, like it's working out for them. And even the way she sticks to her, team and then that's that you know a lot of people are giving her a bit of criticism for that saying she should maybe like twist a bit on it and make some changes but yeah when she was taking off the big names and putting on other players it worked out for them I mean those were the exact players involved in both the equalizer and the winner so yeah I think um, you can really see the morale boost that gave them especially at the end and uh, I think they'll have taken a lot from that game Sweden as you say yeah I think we're yet to see kind of the best of them I guess um, 
yeah, I'm just not really sure because they're a hard one to call in that um, while they have so many good players, as we say, you know, like we haven't really seen their full potential just yet, but they're also the only side to still have not conceded a goal. So whether that's suggestive of just everybody they've played against or their own yeah. uh, defensive ability, I'm not too sure. And what do you think about, so say like the game the other night against um, Belgium, they got quite a lot of criticism, like some of their bigger players got a lot of criticism. The mm. Friedelina Rolfo was one that people were saying wasn't really performing up to the normal standards you expect from her, especially as someone who plays with Barcelona normally. But then yeah, yeah. you did also have the fullback crisis with the fact that they both had COVID, they were out. She wasn't able to like get up the wings in the same way that she wanted to do. Do you put much stock in the fact that they've had so many COVID cases and that's why they haven't been performing? Or do you think it's something more in the team? I think there probably is something more in the team, um, especially because we saw it with France too. Uh, Sweden had, I think it was 34 attempts yes. in that game against Belgium and only got the the one goal, obviously. So I think that's probably suggestive of they kind of need to improve on their shot to goal or conversion rate. Um, but yeah, I think Belgium kind of took the game plan of trying to hit them on the break. Well, as we notoriously know, like Sweden are one of those teams that um, just kind of sit strong and kind of frustrate teams out of it. So yeah. I, that's probably why we both have that kind of thing where we're kind of unsure of where they stand just yet. But also we they're yet to concede a goal. And I suppose in that regard, it'll be an interesting one because obviously England are the ones making all the headlines for scoring the goals. But yeah. Yeah. And you said about um, Beekman getting a bit of stick for sticking to her starting 11 and not really moving from it. And like, to be fair, whenever she's brought on Alessia Russo and Ella Toon, they've been incredible substitutes. But do you think that they maybe deserve that starting chance? Or do you think the formula is working so well for her? Don't change it, especially coming into like a semi-final. Yeah, I think stick to the way it's going for the minute because, as you say, when she was bringing off um, me, then Kirby and everybody, I was thinking, oh my God, like I don't understand how they're going to kind of kick on from here. But they did and they obviously believe in that system. I think as well, like, who do you take out <laughs> is the <laughs> other thing because... Well, uh, like, you could argue you could take out Ellen White and put in a lesson. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, but I suppose she'd, she'd make any other team... Any other Euros team, I think, like an England's record goal scorer, I think it'd be a big call to drop her just yet. Now, obviously, as you say, Russo has been a sensation. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'd be dropping Ellen White just yet. <laughs> but if you look at her, like her club form and her international form, like she got the brace, but she hasn't had the best run of form. Like, yeah. I think she had 11 goals and seven assists across like all competitions last year, whereas Russo had that alone in the WSL. Yeah. So, and we know Vingman isn't afraid of making those kind of bigger calls. I mean, you look at the fact she didn't bring Seth Horton and she gave the captaincy to Leah Williamson. That always shows to me, I think, that she's not afraid to change things up. And I just wonder, because like the game against Spain in particular, and I've noticed it a few times I've watched Ellen White, there's just weird elements to her game that like she'll wander offside quite a lot. Hmm. I think she did it three times against Spain and two or three times in a couple of the other yeah. games that I watched. And you're like, mm, is it maybe even just for her own sake as well? Because it could be the sort of thing that gives her a bit of a kick and she's like, oh, okay, I need to push on from here. 
Yeah, I just think she's been so uh, adamant and sticking to that team. I don't think she's going to change the formula. I understand the argument um, for throwing them in, but I just think when they need that extra push, uh, mm. Tuna have given them that. So I think maybe they're better kind of hold off. And then if they do need to kind of kick on a bit more, they'll kind of do that later on. I think as well, though, um, often White does kind of play a bit of a role in a sense because she kind of takes the attention away from the rest of them when everyone's focused on her kind of way. So I know what you're saying. Sometimes it kind of drifts into offside territory, but there's other times if you look at what she does off the ball, it's a bit, it's probably one of those things people don't probably notice as much, but I think it plays a massive role in that. It gives uh, other people in the England team opportunities to kind of drive through a bit more. And if you're looking at these two teams, England and Sweden, who do you think is going to go to the final? Who's going to be in Wembley on Sunday? <laughs> yeah, that is the all-important question, isn't it? I think uh, England definitely have some work to do because, you know, Spain, I think, could have exploited them a bit more on the set pieces. I don't think they were as mm. clinical as it could have been in that regard because they had them kind of under pressure when they were on the break. Um, but I think, yeah, they should look at the dead ball a bit more. And then Rachel Daly as well. I know she came under a bit of fire. I think it was Casillo, you know, uh, yeah. left her for dead there. But uh, I think, like yeah. Exactly. video of her literally being left on her butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I saw a tweet. It was like, uh, someone called the police. There's been a murder here. <laughs> absolutely left for dead. But yeah, it's that kind of thing, like. If they're to sustain it out against Sweden, they need to kind of plug those holes because, as we know, Sweden have such quality and they'll be quite familiar with England as well, with six of their players obviously playing in the WSL as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it will be England. <laughs> if that's a big call or not, I'm not too sure. But I just think uh, with the momentum they'll have now off the back of that Spain, that Spain um, win. And um, as you say, we haven't seen the best of Sweden just yet, but... I think uh, I think I'm gonna tip England on that one. And who do you think is going to be the stand-up? Like, who's going to be the player that makes a difference for both sides? Yeah, um, I don't, <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell as well, I guess. And that, as we're saying, it depends on how they play and stuff. Like, you yeah, know, it depends how they kind of set up. I guess played out of the match against Spain, but has been mm. phenomenal like the rest of the tournament. Mm. Yeah, I think it's kind of dependent on. Um, how they kind of go for it because obviously England have kind of been frustrated when um, even against Spain, like they're kind of the ones without the ball. So when the other team have the ball and have the possession, England kind of get a bit stuck. They're like, Oh God, what are we going to do here? And then they kind of have to run the wings. But um, I think, yeah, like Sweden are notoriously a defensive team. So I'm not too sure really who's going to be the standout. We'll, I think uh, I'll be waiting to see on that one. And then obviously the second semi-final is Germany versus France, which is a tasty tie, I will say. I'm looking forward to that one. I've enjoyed watching both teams play and I feel like they play quite differently or like they, they'll they like play off each other quite well. What have you thought of Germany and France when you've watched them so far this tournament? Yeah, I think um, Germany have been quite consistent in um, all their games, really. I think they've... I correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're the only side to have won all their games in just the 90 minutes. Now they brought the last one down to the absolute wire on that one with the <laughs> added time winner. But um, yeah, they've been really kind of getting the job done without much kind of 
chat about them, I guess. Um, France have been unlucky in the Katoto injury. Obviously, she's a massive, massive loss to them. Um, I think that could kind of really be the difference. I saw the Euro team sheets came out the other day and like they send them to the journalists at the start of the day and the yeah. team sheet that they sent out had Katoto starting at right back and everyone was like... <laughs> It's sort of a weird position change. Yeah. And, it and like her like hobbling on with like half a yeah. leg and just starting at right back because she wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah, it just meant that much to her. Like, yeah. But, yeah, I think they've been kind of lacking that uh, goal scoring prowess, I guess, since uh, she's been injured. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think... It'll it'll be another interesting one. I'm I'm I think that one is probably a bit more um tight to call. I think I think yeah. uh, England will probably come away with the first one, as I say, just because their momentum and their their you know their home crowd and everything. Now that could be a pressure, as you've seen in the Spain game, but 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 I think the um, Germany France one is a bit more interesting in that regard because they uh, it's <laughs> it's very very tight. And is there one that you're leaning towards? Like I would probably tip Germany just because mm. I think they've been the most consistent. And I think they've, it's like you said before, they've kind of gone through all this without that much faff or like any sort of thing around them. And yeah. every match of theirs that I've watched, I've never felt like they were on the edge or like they were kind of close to losing. You always felt confident that they were going to get there eventually. Like it might take them until 60, 70 minutes to score, but you knew they would score and they'll score one or two and it'll be safe enough. And even the sort of form that Alex Pop has been in for, which yeah. is, is their first ever Euros? Am I, I think. Yeah, Alex. it is. Yeah. Cause she had the injury the last one. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so mental for a player of her caliber. This is her first Euros. But um, I don't know. They just, they've been so steady in everything that they've done. And yeah. I feel like France hasn't been entirely yeah, and especially as you're saying, it's it is quite funny, isn't it? Because they're eight time a record eight, eight time champions, and no one is talking about them. Maybe that'll be to their advantage as well, um, because I suppose it would have been kind of considered a failure for them had they not made the semis. But now they're kind of going under the radar, even with that tag as like one of the best teams to have ever played in the competition. Um, and yeah, I think. Uh, they, I think I'll have to agree with you there. I think they will come off the better of France. Um, mm. Even though I suppose, like it's it's interesting in that the world rankings in this tournament don't really seem to apply whatsoever. Because, Not really. Yeah, it's yeah, just... Sweden and Belgium, like they were ranked second. They're the highest ranked team in the tournament and Belgium were like yeah. 19th and fully put it to them for most of the game. Yeah, and it's just gone out the window like since um, since the tournament has started. But I think you kind of have to appreciate that as well in um, in in one regard because you know while we know these teams and you know they're kind of um, best players, you're getting to see kind of some people you wouldn't be so familiar with, and some of those are the ones making all the headlines, I guess. Um, I think the uh, Netherlands win was again an interesting one for France because sort of similar to um, Sweden, they had so many shots, um, but their goal output just wasn't really um, tallying up with that. I suppose that had a few things to do with it in um, <laughs> that uh, the Netherlands keeper was sensational. Um, yeah. I'd say she be... has been amazing since she came in. You consider she only had one cap before this tournament. Yeah. She's probably been the best goalkeeper that's been in the whole thing. Yeah, and she she just kept going, and then you had like uh, the uh, goal line save by Van der Graat, and then like 
there was just so much um, last ditch defending in that one. Whereas France really should have converted more, um, yeah. I think, in that one. And I'm sure they'll be looking to do that against um, Germany. I'd say that one will kind of go the distance. Um, but I think, as you're saying, I think just the quality in Germany's team, I think they're going to have to come out on top. And what do you think it was about Germany? Like you said about the eight times champions, like they were champions of Europe for 22 years straight, which is mm-hmm. mental when you think about it. But do you think it is the case that, say, people are more focused on like English and French football, even just in a league sense, than they are German football anymore? Or what is it that you think made them so under the radar for most people? Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say, yeah, obviously England are going to have the hype being the host tournament, the host of the tournament, and you know the ones drawn in all the crowds. And um, mm-hmm. even though there's record crowds, even at games that don't have England involved this year, which is brilliant to see. But yeah, I think it probably is that um, people are more so, let's say, familiar with the WSL or the teams like Lyon and Barcelona and that kind of thing. That's probably why Spain as well got mm-hmm. quite a lot of hype um, in the build-up. I'd say that probably is it. Um, with regards to the hype, but they kind of really should have had a lot more. I know it's it's one of those where if you if you're watching all these um kind of preview shows or even um watching the punditry at the actual games, there's a lot of talk of oh well, you can never write them off, but yeah. no one's ever saying outright okay the Germans are going to win, yeah. you know. <laughs> and looking at France, like they like Diacre hasn't really had a set 11 in the same way that say Beekman has stuck with the players that she wants mm-hmm. to have who do you think for them is going to be the player that makes a difference like do you think this is the sort of game that is going to be very focused on their backs or their midfield or their forwards yeah I think um, it'll definitely have to be if they're to come off with a result um, I think as well especially given that you know um, coming off the back of the last game Obviously, uh, you know, they, as I was saying, they um, needed to kind of have a bit more oomph, I guess, in their forward line. Um, but as well, given that their their last three Euros, I think, ended at the quarterfinal stage, you know, they're going to be so kind of, um, how would you put it? I suppose, ready to push on from here and just throw everything they have at it um, and see what they can get from the Germany. Because like everyone knows, Germany have such a consistent and kind of, you know, uh, put together side that if they are to do it, I think they'll have to bring something kind of different to the table. Um, I'm not really sure what you'd put that is, but like, as we all know, their strength is in their attack. I think a lot of the pressure will probably fall on uh, Diani when yeah. in the absence of Katoto. But yeah, I think they're kind of a bit, they're very young in that side too. So Maybe that will be to their strength and that they'll kind of just go at it and give it everything they have. I know she didn't get the goals, but I thought Diane was so impressive in the other game against Netherlands. Like just mm-hmm. her movement and the amount of work she was putting in off the ball was so, so impressive. And I think sometimes because like France have Katoto, she gets a little bit overlooked yeah, yeah. in terms of how good she actually is. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that too. And then even like there's there's other players, like you're saying there, maybe they have to shore up the defence, like Renard and then they're like, they're, they're Captain Renard. Yeah. And then like, you know, just their general, I feel like their um, back line as well, we need to kind of um, see kind of more out of them as well, because while we're all talking about their forwards, um, they've been quite consistent and maybe they're not getting the headlines for that as well. 
Um, now, obviously not the um, clean sheet tally is coming up to that, but um, I think, yeah, they just need to give it a good go because, as I was saying, I think the youth is to their strength on that side and I think mentality-wise, um, that'll just uh, be the best for them against Germany. So are you calling it now, Alana, you're seeing an England-Germany final on Sunday? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> Germany Germany with the four clean sheets. I think I got mixed up there earlier. I said Sweden, not the Germany yet to concede a goal. But yeah, yeah I think they're just so um, dominant there in the, uh, the defence. I think we'll have to see them. Um, and then I think it's just written in the stars there for England to play their Euros final at Wembley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe that's one of those as well where it's just like, oh, maybe the pressure will get them. But as I say, I think given they had to dig real deep for the Spain win, I think that will really, really pay off for them. Well, we shall leave it there for today, but we will be back on Thursday morning for our penultimate Euros episode ahead of the final. Thank you so much for joining us, Alana. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports is in association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland's women's national team. We will see you all very soon. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.